Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Bye! with us just giggling randomly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Super professional, you guys. Super professional. So professional. Well, are you ready for this? I don't know. Am I ready for this? um, You know, I always think, like, when I see the new bullshit that comes out, I'm just like, I don't know. I want to read that or do I want to just like have sanity and like yeah so no. mind <laughs> I totally get it like <laughs> I'm always like how much more do, do we have to talk about and then something like this happens and I'm like oh yeah. there's so much more to talk they just keep keep handing us content so yeah that's true all right well folks um oh hi this is not so Peter Priesthood podcast. Ah, welcome <laughs> Welcome to the void that we are screaming into. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have up here in Canada, we have um, obviously our own like news programs and stuff. We're not, we don't actually live in igloos with no electricity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but We're there is a... over here. We're just, you know. <laughs> um, we have this show that's like investigative journalism. It's called The Fifth Estate. Um, it's on CBC. Um, you can actually, you can view it online at cbc.ca. Not .com, .ca. <laughs> We're going to put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and it has like a quick overview if anybody's interested, if they want to like fact check me. Because honestly, I could, I, you know me, I say things and sometimes I mix up my words. So feel free to fact check me. I won't, I won't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they <laughs> not their most recent episode, but um, second most recent episode is called The Mormon's Books. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. it already, but I also love that they're talking about them. <laughs> yeah. So um, kind of the tagline if, of the episode is Mormon Church in Canada moved $1 billion out of the country tax-free and it's legal. The fuck? Right? I was like, what? What is happening? I'm already mad. Um, so they kind of they start off giving us like an introduction to the Mormon Church, saying um, that they have almost 17 million members worldwide. Um, there's 200,000 Canadian Mormons. Um, 200,000. 200,000 Mormons in Canada. Yeah. How much? Let's see. How many? What's the population of Canada altogether? Do you know? Oh. Good question. Let me Google a lot, actually. Population of Canada. I should know this, hey? <laughs> I don't even know the population of my town. It's 38.25 million as of last year. Oh. So it's not even a blip on... <laughs> like, when you think about it, there's, okay. like, there's like, states in that have more people than my entire country has. Mm. Yeah, we're a massive there's country. <laughs> There's cities that have more. There's cities, yeah. Like, how many people live in New York <laughs> City? Like, 
don't even know. Okay. Okay, we're, you Google that one. one. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you should prepare for your podcast. <laughs> more professional. <laughs> uh, 8.5 million. Yeah, so... A few U.S. cities combined is my entire country. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, my state, like, could fit into one. It's very similar. Idaho. Like, there's no nobody here. <laughs> <Idaho>. <laughs> but it is the promised land. Oh, yeah. Rexburg, Idaho is the Zion. Yeah. That's a throwback to the. <laughs> All right. Um, so we meet a talking head. We don't get his name yet. But he says. They want the church wants you to believe that they are a religion that dabbles in business, but it is a business that dabbles in religion. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so we go to Cardston. Woot woot. Not not in my hometown. I live I grew up just outside of Cardston, but that's like where I went to high school and everything. And that's like um, the Utah of Canada, right? Like yeah. The- Cardston was settled in 1887. It was the first outpost in Canada for Mormons. It's the first temple that was ever built outside of the States. Oh. Yeah, and it's super weird looking. Like, we'll yeah, have to... I remember it looks like a big old block, like a yeah. like kind of um, Mesoamerican looking, like, which is weird because it's up in Canada, you know? Like... Yeah. We've like built it out of like sugar cubes. <laughs> it's very square. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no Angel Moroni on the top of it, which for some reason, really? yeah, people of Carson are like, yeah, we're special. We don't have an Angel Moroni. Um, I feel like that's like less special. <laughs> How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to park at the temple, like street parking every day when I went to high school because my high school's across the street. Oh wow! So, yep. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> I used to like go study on the church lawn or the temple lawn. So, oh, of course you did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably felt all holy doing it. You're like, oh yes, I'm getting more of the spirit because I'm and like just studying and, you know? or was it just? If you fun? if you knew me in high school, you know it was just because there was shade and I'm very oh, pale. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> lots of trees. <laughs> You're like hissing at the yeah. sun. You're like. <laughs> yeah. And like all of our graduation photos were taken on the temple lawn. Like it's just what you do. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cardston's weird. So weird. Anyway. For some reason, that makes me think of, so, <laughs> this is a little side note, um, digression, uh, as usual. We, uh, I had a date where, and this guy was, like, also, he was an ex-Mormon. He was, like, Pimo? Is that what the, I can never. Oh, okay, yeah. Physically and mentally out. Yeah, that one. And um, his family all thought that he was still, you know, very active and whatever they knew he was gay but like they thought that he was active anyway go on a date with him and our first date was to walk around the denver temple just because we did it ironically <laughs> i hate it so much. i know it was terrible i hated it too is this that's the closest i'd ever been to the denver temple and i was like this is awful. And it's tiny. It's a lot. It's small. It's really small. Yeah. Like we have a mini temple in Edmonton. It's like a shrunken down size. Oh, little baby temple. It's just, just a little baby. Place. I went to the like, open house. <laughs> I was in Young Women's. It was yeah. okay. Another side note. They took us on this temple trip. We had this Greyhound bus 
and like it's Cardston area, so there's a gazillion Mormons. So it was a full Greyhound bus of young women. And we went on this temple trip and we billeted out with like families in Edmonton and that was fine. But like being around that many girls for a weekend, I I like called my grandma and I was like, Can I come home with you? (laughs) I could not I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I am done. I don't feel safe. (laughs) Tell me you're an introvert without telling me you're an introvert. Well, like, it's not even just girls. It's like Mormon girls. They're like a special breed of like obnoxious. I don't know. Yeah. Really obnoxious. Yeah. So, oh my god. Anyways, and it was freezing because Edmonton. Trip, so I'm sure they were all like, "Oh, we're doing good." You know, I don't know. I just yeah, yeah. the pretentiousness of it all. And I was such a weird kid. Like, no offense to anybody that like. Yeah, I was such a weird kid. Of course, I was like. Oh, Dusty Johnson. Nah, nah, nah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we meet this man named Nigel Kennett. Um, and he calls Cardston Salt Lake City North. <laughs> oh. Which That's it a fair... Is assumption yeah absolutely um so he kind of kicked off this whole thing he had emailed the fifth estate and he said it was to clear his conscience because he thinks that the church has built an empire by deceiving people oh sorry if you can hear the craziness um so since 1985 the year i was born the church (laughs) in canada has given 3.5 billion dollars in humanitarian aid from tithing that's what the church has said. Um, and then they talk about how, unlike that most the, churches, that's what the church is saying. The church is saying been, that they've given okay. $3.5 billion to away to humanitarian aid. So just okay. remember that. Um, so unlike most churches, tithing is not optional. And I just wanted to be like, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Because they <laughs> go into it. They talk about how it absolutely is a commandment. You have to pay your tithing in order to be worthy for the temple. Um, Nigel talks about how when he was a student, he was working two jobs. He could hardly afford to eat, but he had to pay his tithing or he couldn't go to the temple. He wasn't worthy to go to the temple. So I thought that was like so great because like Mormons are always like, well, you don't have to pay your tithing. Yes, you absolutely do. You absolutely have to. Yeah. Um. So, and then they show, like, a talk from years ago talking about how the widows might, if a family can't afford to eat, they should still pay their tithing because the bishop will make sure that they can eat. And I was just like, of course. Like, oh, it just, it makes me so angry. Um, So, Nigel was an accountant, and he was actually working with a different church and doing their books. And he was, like, shocked about how much of their money actually went into charity work. Like, he was stunned by it. He was like, this is a significant amount of money. And then he was interested about what the church, the Mormon church does. Um, So, Canada has a charities directorate, which you can see full financial information. It's, It's open. They have open books. And Nigel did not see any qualified donees listed on the church's donations. There's no Red Cross of Canada. There's no food banks, nothing. Their money is gifted to BYU. What? Yeah. Now, 
Does that sound shady? Let's get into it. Hello, shady. And mm-hmm. so it's already going out of the country. Going out of the country. It is not staying in Canada. It is not going to the Canadian food banks. It's not going to Canadian charities. It's being bumped across the states to a private American university. So let's get into that, shall we? Yeah. Because that seems pretty shady. So, so we go back from 2007, the church started moving mass amounts of money to BYU. Um, in 2016, it was $110 million. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah, 70% of all the tithing that year was sent to BYU. So 30% of all tithing, 70, 70. Holy shit. I know. This is the part where I texted you and was like, we have to cover this. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So we meet Mark Lars. He went to BYU and then he went to Harvard. And that is where he started questioning not only his faith, but he started like questioning the church's finances. And he was wondering, like, why is so much money going to BYU? And he's the one that says Canada is attached to the promised land, but it's not the promised land. And the church has a significant amount of members of the church in Canada, and they want to get that money out because they're building Zion in America, not in Canada. So they want to get that money out. Right? I know. I know. Uh, (laughs) So legally, the Mormon church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in Canada (laughs) cannot transfer money legally to its parent company the church in the States. So now we kind of have to think of it as like a bit of like a business because Mm -hmm. of the legal ramifications of transferring funds across international borders. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they cannot legally transfer money to their parent company. So in Canada, we have a loophole in our tax system. So if the church transfers, if Canada church transfers to us church, they lose their charitable status because they're not benefiting Canadian charities. Right. So the loophole that we have is there is, if the money is transferred for education, educational purposes that benefit Canadians outside of Canada, you can transfer funds and still maintain your charitable status. So they get around it by saying that there's Canadians at BYU. So we're benefiting them. (sighs) Yes. In 2018, which is the most current documents that they can find from BYU um, students, 1.6% of the students at all three BYU campuses were Canadian. Oh, so like not even like 1%. No. So like <laughs> 1.6%. And that's all of them combined? Mm-hmm. All three campuses. So even if, so like, BYU-Idaho here, that would be, like, maybe 0.5% probably. Maybe, yeah. There's probably more Canadians at BYU-Idaho. I know a lot of, when I was younger anyways, a lot of people went to Ricks or BYU-Idaho. easily say the 1% might be here. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. The 0.6% is at Hawaii and Provo. At Provo, (laughs) yeah. But the loophole is, even if it's one student outside of Canada being benefited by these donations then they can legally transfer it. No, I hate it. Isn't that mind-boggling? So then we kind of get into, like, the ramifications of that. Like, this is money 
that could be taxed in Canada and used in our in our government system. This could fund education. This could fund healthcare. This could fund school. Like there's so many things that this money could be used for in Canada to benefit Canadians, and it's being taken away tax free. I know it made me so grumpy because like we have teachers on strike in Ontario right now because they're not getting paid enough. Like $230 million just walking out of the country would really help right now. Yeah. (sighs) So many other things, infrastructure, education. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Banks like in Alberta, 46% of the people using Alberta food banks are children. Like, oh wow, yeah. So it just it makes me so riled up and so angry, and I'm sorry if I'm yelling at you, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these tax deductible donations are being underwritten by Canadian taxpayers. It's not just Mormons; it's every Canadian in Canada that pays taxes. So that's oh. that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it has cost the one billion dollar in gifts to BYU has cost the Canadian Treasury two two hundred and eighty million dollars. That's what would have been taxed and put back into our government funding. So, um, so BYU did release a statement to the Fifth Estate saying that they are using a well known and legitimate tax provision since two thousand seven, and they're saying that forty six percent of tithing money has or sorry, and has left since 2007, but they're finding that 40, over 46% of tithing money has left Canada. So it's, a, it's not just like a small donation to the university. It's a substantial portion. Because you have to remember, they still have to maintain their temples. They still have to clean their buildings. They still have to do snow removal in their parking lots. So what's left over? Nothing. There's nothing left over to actually benefit Canadians. So now we travel to BYU and we meet a couple of students who are amazing. Um, And so the um, like the narrator of this or the host of this show, his name's Mark Kelly. He's standing in front of like the Brigham Young statue at BYU. And he says here at BYU, you can get a world class educational experience unless you happen to be gay. Yeah. I was like. He said that. Oh, yeah. I, I like paused it and I was like, yes, like they do <laughs> not hold anything back in this. It is so incredibly done. Like I, love I was so proud. So we <laughs> two students at BYU um, at the statue and it says, this is the place. And one of our students says, yeah, this is the place, but not for me. Like it was just heart wrenching. Like the church. Oh, yeah. So we meet Canadian Jacqueline Foster. Um, Her faith was tested after she came out. She was part of the 2020 protests over the honor code. Um, And she says that the school did lift the ban on homosexual behavior, like where you could hold hands or you could show affection on campus. But only weeks later, the church intervened. An area authority wrote a letter and said, you may have removed the language, but we absolutely do not condone any sort of homosexual behavior on campus. Mm -hmm. So now all these people had come out and now everybody knows their name of uh, the honor code and um, being expelled from the university. Yeah. Um, So Jeannie, one of these other female students here, she is um, bisexual. She said um, she got called into the office and was told that all of her roommates had come in and said that they felt unsafe around her, that they did not want to live with her. And she lost her housing. She got kicked out. What? Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So yeah. She's homeless, essentially. Homeless. <laughs> she had to find somewhere else to live. So I'm surprised they didn't kick her out of school, honestly. I was yeah. like, you only lost your housing? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So Jacqueline, our Canadian, she's now graduated, but she says she doesn't understand why it's just easier to move Canadian funds to an American university that's privatized. Like it makes no sense. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you girl. <laughs> I hear yeah. you. Especially one that is detrimental to the mental well-being of queer Canadian students. Like it yeah. seems like a bit of a hypocrisy there, yeah. you know? Well, and I, going back to your story, the other, the bisexual student, um, the students, her roommates going against her and like going behind her back and going to the religious leaders and saying they didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And then they take like the audacity of that. Like that's an unsafe environment for her. Absolutely. Obviously. So, and the fact um, that they just needed her name and to go to the honor code office and say mm-hmm. she's breaking honor code. It becomes a witch hunt, just like uh, mm-hmm. Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That was. Yeah. And that's what she's saying. She's saying that everybody on campus is living in fear because they're going to be the next one that gets something to happen to them simply because of who they are. Ugh. I know it was it was heartbreaking to just to watch her. And then he says, why are you still here? And she says that the church at its best would love her. And it just broke my heart because no, no. The church is never going to accept. It never is. It's in their doctrine. It's rooted deeply in their doctrine. And the more I've thought about, like, the the church with, like, homosexuality is the family proclamation. There's no way. They'd have to get rid of that document altogether. Yeah. In order for They'd have to wait for people our age to, like, die out and forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're still kicking around for a long time there, folks. So. Yeah. I've heard people saying like, oh, in like the next few years, like Russell M. Nelson will be gone. These older men will be gone. I'm like, there's not a single one in that Quorum of the Twelve that I could picture being like, you know what? Gays are okay. We're going to get rid no. of the yeah. family proclamation. That's done. Yeah. There's not a single one. Not I don't know the new ones at all, but I guarantee they're not going to. It wouldn't even be a dream of possibility until people like our age and younger would be in those leadership positions and you don't even get into those positions until you're in your 60s so yeah yeah anyways so we move on to las vegas um ryan or sorry mark kelly takes us to las vegas and he says here in sin city and i just giggled because it was so cute (laughs) um so we meet ryan mcknight um he quit the church over racism and homophobia he actually worked as a government regulator for many years and he is the creator of Mormon Leaks. Oh. Yeah. So Mormon Leaks broke the story about the $32 billion in stock holdings through the ra- 13 random LLCs. Ooh, and he says the only reason that you would have these random LLCs is because you are trying to hide your money. Oh. Because it's spread out between 13 different mm-hmm. corporations, little, right? Little shell companies. Yeah, they're just, all owned uh, by the church. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and he says the reason the church hides their money is because if they, if Mormon members knew how much money the church had, they would stop paying tithing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So and they I hide understand, it. Um, cause like the hunt that, that was huge news. And then like the, cause is that when you, they uncovered the hundred 
130 billion dollars yeah i get into that yeah, yeah. Oh, okay sorry um no, you're fine. I'm getting ahead of it but like members have certainly heard of that and then do we know i'm sure they've got like mental gymnastics to like reason their way out of it i did get in a conversation oh, sure. kind of a conversation not even it's whatever on twitter this guy um was saying that that's like oh it's for when the um what do you say basically like the apocalypse and we're saving up for and also like <laughs> what's so wrong with like food storage and like all this stuff i'm like it's not food storage it's 130 billion dollars that they're hoarding away like how is that yeah and you're okay with <clears throat> you're okay with this <laughs> and honestly in the apocalypse what the hell is money gonna do you exactly like, like if it's the end of the world and everything crashes you're gonna be using your five dollar bill to start a fire <laughs> Our money doesn't burn, so that doesn't help us. But <laughs> <laughs> just come down to America <laughs> and we'll have um, kindling for you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So he says that they are hiding it. Yeah, because they don't want people to stop paying tithing. And they have all of these land holdings. Okay. So now we get to meet Josh Bigley, who is a Canadian. He lives in PEI. That's Prince Edward Island. Um. He talks about the scripture about the windows of heaven being open to you if you pay your tithing. And he says that's that's a false interpretation. He said Jesus never, ever taught that. He said that is the Mormon culture's twist on that scripture that you pay your tithing and the windows of heaven open unto you. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so he started looking into this kind of separate from Ryan McKnight. And he could not believe how many corporate entities the church has in the United States. So Ryan and Josh, they start working together and they kind of break into this massive real estate holdings of the church. They find all this information about these massive real estate holdings, um, complex corporate structures. And he says the only reason you create complex corporate structures like this is to hide the money. So Ryan and Josh, they built this huge database of the thousands of properties that the church owns 1.7 million acres which is estimated about 15 million dollars um and the church is the wealthiest single landowner in the united states nobody comes close to them holy shit yeah my uh, dad always brings up stuff like that with like the church farms and like all that stuff and as a bragging point like oh the church owns all this property i'm like and even when i was a mormon i was like that seems weird <laughs> like why would they why yeah. would they need all that property <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah we'll get into that too um yeah so he so i think it was ryan that says that he has found that when there are large sums of money being accumulated that truth and transparency completely go out the window there's no longer any truth or transparency because people are highly motivated by money mm-hmm so now we travel to Australia. Oh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> my um, I have cousins that live in Australia, and they say the funniest things, and it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so in two thousand. Um, oh, before we go to Australia, we see a little clip of your bestie. Bednar uh, speaking uh, at um, speaking to the press. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and he is talking to this press like junket or whatever and he's being so smug at like the pulpit like he's leaning on it like he's like trying to level with you guys and he's like looking off to this like it was he's i was like cool can you, yeah. i'm like can you <laughs> can you not please um <sighs> yeah yeah it's just oh, it made me like so annoyed anyways so let's see he's trying to say like um in 2021 900 million dollars was given to aid but if you look at how much money they have, it's a fraction. It's a fraction. Um, yeah. So in Australia, 70% of tithing is donated as charity. And this makes no sense. People who are Mormon members are making – so their donations, even though the Mormon membership has decreased – the donations has increased and that didn't make sense to a lot of people. It went from like $200,000 a year to like 73 million. Like that's substantial. Yeah. So we meet um, this law professor who had senior roles in the church in Australia. And he said, I gave hundreds of thousands of dollars in tithing. Um, And so in Australia, so unlike in Canada, when you go to your tithing settlement, you can get your tax exemption paperwork so you can put that in with your paperwork and you can claim your tithing on your taxes and you can get a kickback from that because you're donating to charity so doesn't in australia you don't get a tax rebate so the increase in the donation the church gave a ton of money so that their membership could get a kickback the church itself is getting the tax rebate not the people right so now there's again millions of dollars are not being taxed. Um, let's see. The church claims that there is absolutely zero paid staff in Australia, and it is absolutely illegal to run the church from Salt Lake City. So that's something that they want to look into. There's a petition to the government and the tax office to investigate how the church runs with no paid staff and if it's being directed from Salt Lake City. Which I was like, please, 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 please. (laughs) So um, this barrister says that this is wide scale tax avoidance or tax evasion. And the church says that, no, they use all this money for overseas aid projects. Because once it leaves the country, how do you track that money? Mm -hmm. There's no transparency about where there's no fund that it slushes into that you can track. It goes poof. And it's into all these corporations, into all these investments. It's just, it's so. Yeah. And this guy says, he says, it's absolutely great that a church is taking their money and using it to invest. The problem is it does not balance out. They're not doing any good. They're using it to hoard the money. They're not creating more money in order to help more people. It's a complete hoarding of money. I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So now we meet with his yeah. <laughs> seriously, right? Um, so now we get to meet Sue and Trevor. They were in the church for 20 years. Um, and then it came down that they had to choose their faith or their family. So their son is gay. They were showing these cute little pictures of him. He's so adorable. He's like a classically trained dancer. Um, and he came out as gay. And Trevor says he was sitting in a priesthood meeting and people knew that his son was openly gay. And people literally said about gay people, we have to love them, but
but we don't have to like them. Oh. I, oh, that cut me so deep because I have heard those words spoken. Yeah. Oh. I know. Um, so the mom is contacted. Their son had attempted suicide and they decided that they needed to leave the church and they needed to start asking questions about the church's wealth. Um, and they have actually joined a lawsuit trying to reclaim their tithing donations. Trevor says it wasn't a gift. It was extorted from me. I had to pay that money. I did not give it willingly and I want my money back. And I was like, yes, Trevor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was even, um, so there was a, a what's it called? Um, an election. My goodness, my words. There was an election going on and the opposition party, the political opposition party, demanded that there be an investigation into the Mormon church's claims in Australia because there's a lot of questions there. Yeah. And the man that started that, his name's Andrew Lee. He is now actually the minister in charge of charities in Australia. And because investigations try to stay arm's length away from the fun, the functioning government, because you don't want that, you know, you want it to be separate. Um, he cannot confirm if there is an investigation ongoing, but he says, if anyone is not playing by the rules, it undermines the integrity of the entire tax system. Charities should not be a way to shelter you from paying taxes. Right. I was like, yes, Andrew, that's exactly right. <laughs> like, it's interesting ah. to me because this seems to be a conversation that comes up a lot in America. And it's just it's eye opening to see that it's happening globally, too. Yeah. It's not just. And then I think the church has been able to hide behind that, too, in that they think that they, they've been like, oh, we're just an American church, you know, like, we're, yeah, we're like, you call it like the worldwide church, whatever. But like, we all mm -hmm. know that it's like American and it's that's where it's rooted mm -hmm. and it's um, and they don't really we've talked about it before, like the cultural stuff of like they're trying to get the, these different cultures, you know, involved and stuff, but they're. It's all. It's just, America first. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. 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 And I think taxing the churches is just one of those. It's a conversation that keeps coming up and nothing happens with it. So I'm hoping that with this set, quote, like possible investigation that we don't know, mm -hmm. alleged investigation, that something actually comes of it. Yeah, I would love for something to come of it. Um, so we go back to the barrister. I'm, I did not catch his name. I don't know if they actually said his name, so I apologize. But he says, them saying it's a rainy day fund. He says the rainy day is here. This is an evil doctrine. There are people who are suffering. There are children who are suffering. Well, it's so just that, like that, the guy oh. that I said on Twitter is like waiting for, it's like waiting for the, the big, the apocalypse. Yeah. the apocalypse when that's the rainy day that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. like, but like you said, like, what is money going to do for it? Like, we need it now. Yeah. We yeah. needed it during COVID. Like, there was, like, all that. They could have changed the outcome of so many lives if they would have just done something. Yep. Yeah. But no, they just said, oh, wear masks, and people got mad about that. But, like. Yeah. And <laughs> attend said. church on Zoom, but still pay your tithing. Yeah. Interesting. So we go back to your buddy, Bednar, um, and he says, we have been mischaracterized since 1830, and it will oh, continue God. to be mischaracterized. And I was like, persecution complex. 
you need to shut the fuck up, buddy. Like, oh, I was so, I was so, I was so angry. All right, so we meet some tired rhetoric that they come up with. Like, oh, you guys are just picking on us because we're, and you've been picking on us since the 1800s, and we're just different, and that's because we're different makes us special, and you guys don't understand us. That's why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Smith was (laughs) martyred. He was he was picked on. No, he was marrying teenage girls. Yeah. (laughs) And he destroyed the printing press that wanted to expose everything that he was doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god as bednar walks into the fifth estate offices and starts smashing things <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know <laughs> <laughs> all right so we meet lars nielsen and his brother david was the irs whistleblower that um blew the whistle whistleblower <laughs> <laughs> the investment fund <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so remember that whole hundred billion dollar investment fund? Mm-hmm. It was David Nielsen that blew the whistle about that. Ooh, um we like David Nielsen. Yeah. So we find um the church has money invested in Apple, in fossil fuels, in energy companies. Up here in Canada, they're invested in Shopify, other fossil fuel companies. Um Did you things... know they're invested in Budweiser? Oh like yeah. They, they, like... But oh. because it's remember that complex corporate structure that they have, they actually aren't touching it. They're adjacent to it. So they can say, oh, no. So, yeah, our tithing money went into these corporate structures, which then bought investments in Budweiser as we were living the word of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad telling me, so there's a Budweiser plant here in uh, yeah, Idaho. Yeah, I've driven past it a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, and my dad's like, just casually says, oh, yeah, the church provides the whatever the grains and all that stuff and i'm like i was like that sounds not right like we're not supposed to drink alcohol but we can produce it and produce it yeah and (laughs) profit off of it (laughs) okay but but he's like all proud of it i'm like just like with the church farms thing i'm like you don't see the 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 problem like the hypocrisy there like there's maybe we shouldn't look into that like why are they doing that but no No, no. Just, <laughs> oh my God. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of these, all of these profits that they're making off of these investments, nothing charitable is being done with it. Um, so we go to City Creek Mall in Salt Lake City. Oh hmm. And the leaders have always said, oh no, no tithing was ever used to build City Creek Mall. Which is just not true. Um, David Nielsen says, this is not true. This was built with profits from invested tithing, but not tithing itself. That's how they get away with saying no tithing. Your tithing was invested. The profits from that is what, yeah. So technically, I guess, yeah, they didn't take Jake Taylor's $10 check. They didn't put (laughs) that into the City Creek Mall. They put it into Apple. Apple made a fortune. Then they took that money and built City Creek Mall. I hate it. Yep. I hate it so much. Um, so David says that the church should absolutely, absolutely lose their tax exemption because they are building commercially. They're creating commercial entities, and that is not charity. Um, the IRS could not comment. Um, Fifth Estate contacted the IRS, and they said they could not comment. Obviously, they're not going to. 
All right, so now we come back to my neck of the woods. The church owns six ranches in Canada, 60,000 acres, which is approximately about $300 million worth of land. Jesus. Yeah. Um, in Canada, the church does not do a lot. There's no hospitals built. There's no soup kitchens funded. There's nothing. There's nothing. Of course. Yeah. So the church is literally taking away the government's ability to fund healthcare education, like we said and so Mark Kelly, the um, host of the show, he had an appointment to meet with somebody to speak about this. He went to church headquarters. He had an appointment. He walked into reception and they said, oh, he is out of town and is unable to speak with you and nobody else can speak with you without an appointment. Sorry. Wow, he got stonewalled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said the very nice re- the very nice receptionist said, there's nothing I can do. So, um, yeah, so it is time for the church to be transparent. Uh, The average congregational church in Canada, at least, operates on $1 to $7 billion operating budget. They get that money through bake sales and car washes and little grannies giving $10 in their collection plate. That's how they get their funding. Um, Mega churches happen in the states where they have these huge amounts of people that donate and donate. Stadiums, yeah. Yeah, they call the LDS church a giga church. It has so much money. And yeah, this is where that man, that barrister says that investments are great, but it has to be balanced with how much they're helping people and how much people are suffering and being taken care of. So we come back to Nigel, who, you know, was married in the Cardston Temple 14 years ago. He's still a member of the church. And uh, he says that he is afraid. He's afraid that this letter that he wrote that kicked off this whole investigation, um, he was really worried about it, but he thought about his kids and he wants them to know that you can make changes and you need to stand up and do the right thing. And he's no longer afraid. Um, He wanted to be an example. And um, the host asked him, like, you're still a member. And he said, for now, but if you speak ill of the church, you will be excommunicated. Oh, yeah. So uh, his kind of ending thing was the temple now represents to me a physical reminder of greed. Holy shit. Yeah. Mic drop right there. I was like, oh my God. Because we've talked about it before with like how much money they put into these temples and like these got these million dollar chandeliers and how is that doing, but is that benefiting anything? And they keep announcing just this last conference, they announced like, what 20 new temples or something like that ridiculous amount of temples there's they're gonna have two in rexburg rexburg is like three thousand people like it's tiny there's no reason it would be like cardston having two temples it makes no sense no sense but their reasoning is oh the one that's here is gonna be for the students and then we're gonna Mm -hmm. have one for the locals Mm -hmm. and kind of keep it separate i'm like that still doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, why would you, if it's been working since, it's been working for, what, like 15 years? Like, why all of a sudden? Yeah. It's because of money. They're yeah. trying to hoard some money, more money. They got property. Property up here in Idaho is ridiculously, like, it's booming. Like, it is, and they, they want to get a cash grab on it. Yep. Yep. It's more land share holdings. It's more, Yeah. It's just about the dollars, and it makes me, like, I've always been mad about the tithing thing, but this, like, infuriated me. So my next step is to talk to some of my friends in local government and see what we can do to kind of 
try and get something going with this. I this is a this is a hill I'm willing to fight on. Like I yeah. think this is so inappropriate. I have kids who go to schools here who um we don't have a hospital in my town. We have an urgent care. I I just feel like and like I said, we I have friends in Ontario. Their kids are not in school until we figure out the strike thing because the teachers are not being paid properly. It just it infuriates me that there's just this money that could be helping our country just walking to a private university. Yeah. Oh, it infuriates me. That has no need for it. The church has a hundred billion dollars. They don't need help funding BYU. I'm sorry, they don't. Oh, it makes me insane. Oh. Well, and then the church is also really good. The whole time I've been listening to this, um. I've been thinking, not the whole time, but, like, um, they're really good at painting themselves as kind of, not in poverty, but, like, just in need of money. Because they yeah. they don't, they're really good at hiding that they have all this money. Obviously, through oh, the yeah. shell companies. But, like, in their rhetoric, when they're talking, they're like, yeah, you've got to give, 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 you know. And, like, it's a, it's a blessing. And it's a, you know, they focus on that side of it. And mm-hmm. so the members are so just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see blessings from this. And anything good that happens to you you attribute to that instead of um i don't know maybe you were actually good at your you actually studied for your test or maybe you actually the government gave you an extra little extra money you know i don't Mm -hmm. know like maybe you actually qualified for a scholarship or something and people would attribute that to oh i paid my tithing and so i got this extra money yep it's just like prayer, like all those things, all these things that are just like, oh, well, I prayed for this and I was able to, I was, you know, I found I sacrificed my keys. and I found my keys. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Chicken Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, God. Yeah. So that was the fifth estate on the Mormons books. And it was, I watched it twice. It was so incredibly done um it showed a drone shot of the church ranch Mm -hmm. which i used to hang out all the time the boy i dated in high school it's it's his house it zooms over his house like we used to have parties out in the field out there and yeah it's it just really hit because like it's so it brought back a lot of memories of high school which i wasn't okay (laughs) with but Trauma. <laughs> yeah, well, but um, it's just like when I watched the Lori Vallow uh, thing, and I kept seeing like Rexburg, and I was like, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> this is like right it was doing this, like drone shot, and I was like, oh, it looks like home, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have watched so many movies in the basement of that house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was weird. It was super weird. And like the bales stacked up. Like we used to go run around in the dark and play like tag and stuff on the bales. Did and... you actually watch the movies though? Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill before Netflix was a <laughs> <laughs> Blockbuster and Buzz? We didn't even have a Blockbuster. We had. <laughs> What was it called? Like movie gallery or something? Oh. It was in the IGA. Like, <laughs> oh god, IGA. IGA. <laughs> One side was IGA and the other side was Fields. It was like I don't know, like the basement, 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 basement brand of like 
Walmart or Target or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there, what else was in there? There was like a, there was, it was always empty. At one point there was a cafe. At one point there was an A&W. I don't know. But then, yeah, I think it was a movie gallery was in the front. <laughs> and that's where you'd go get your movies. And my, yeah, so my could, first boyfriend ever worked unquote, there. Watch them. Mm-hmm. So the, um, <laughs> those were good old days though. When you could go pick a movie and you'd have like the little shell thing of like, this is the cover. And then there'd be like two or three copies behind it. And you'd be like, Ooh, I got one. And then, yeah. 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 And like all my like buddies worked there or were there all the time. It was just like the happening spot in cards. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know if it's there. Like, I have not... When was the last time I went to Cardston? Two years ago. And I didn't even go to that side of town. Like, I went to the pop shop and left. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, memories. If anybody goes to Cardston, it's over by the Remington Carriage House Theater. Or Remington Carriage House Museum. So, oh. it's right next door. <laughs> The only thing I know of Karsten is um, obviously what you've told me, but like for the longest time, I, and I think I've mentioned this before, my MTC companion was from near there. He was from Red, Red, Red Deer. Deer. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> he had a little card that had a picture of the Karsten temple and he was always just like, oh, hey, yeah, we'd all make fun of him because he talked <laughs> to me and he was, he said, I'm going to go to the washroom and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Then he'd be all like, you guys call it the bathroom. It's not a bathroom. You're not taking a bath in the washroom. You're going there and you wash up. washing in the bathroom. You're peeing in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So just call it the pee room. (laughs) We're going to get technical with it. (laughs) Yeah, all of our, like, temple recommend. Like, you remember you had the little holder and it would have, like, Mm -hmm. a... It was all the cards and temple on the front. Yeah, I think that's what he had. He had the cards and temple. And I had the... I had one that had the... Uh, I think it was Idol Falls Temple. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah, because the Rexburg Temple wasn't around at that time. Anyway. I think I still have mine. I, I think it's so down in my hope chest. Just <laughs> <laughs> talking about blockbuster and movie renting and we're cool temples. And... Remember when you had to like lift your bag up over the sensor thing so that it didn't like erase your DVD as you walked out of the store? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to be like what (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's like the um what was it there's a meme where it's like oh you know back in my day netflix came in the mail on a dvd and and then people are like sure dad sure grandpa grandpa." (laughs) take your pills and go to bed back in my day the internet came in the mail (laughs) (laughs) it did it did (laughs) there's no aol online Oh, God. Uh, so the big takeaway here with this episode is that the church is a piece of shit, <laughs> as usual. Which is the takeaway from every episode, yeah. honestly. And, I mean, that sums it <laughs> all up, but it's also a big piece of shit that hoards money. And mm-hmm. it's Scrooge McDuff. And Dusty's going to lead the charge in Canada. Yeah, I'm going well, to... I have friends in local mm-hmm. government, so there's got to be a way that we can... At least, at least find out what's going on and see if there's something raise that awareness can... about it. Because I feel like the more you tell people about this, like local, like Canadians, like local uh, uh, Calgarians, is that what they would call you? Um... Yeah, we're Calgarians. <laughs> Edmontonians, Calgarians. <laughs> 
I like Calgarians better than Edmontonians. That sounds just like Edmonton's the worst. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. I I personally don't <laughs> like Edmonton, so it's just too damn cold. Like I get migraines from the Chinooks down here, and it sucks. But like I would prefer a Chinook to blow all my snow away than to have nine feet of snow for the entire winter. So that's just me personally. <laughs> yes. Uh, listeners, Dusty just always sends me TikToks of like the different provinces and like these guys that will like make impressions of it. And I've learned so much about Canada through that. I'm like, oh, I don't know that the what's the ones that talk funny, the Newfound Newfoundlers, is that who it is? Newfoundlers, yeah. Oh, they talk so funny. My <laughs> my cousin is from Newfoundland. My cousin's husband, but he's my cousin. I've known him my whole life basically. Um, when he gets drunk, <laughs> you can't understand. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> And his dad will come visit, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Are you speaking English? <laughs> That's not. That's not. Those are sounds. Sounds. Like, <laughs> the beginning and the end letter of the. I don't know. It's crazy. No. So, anyways. <sighs> There's my there's my coverage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for raging. Thanks for doing that. If you're oh. watching that, um, listeners will put the link in the show notes and on the Instagram story, and you can check that out. I'm gonna watch the see if I can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, you should be able to. Um, if you just go to cbc.ca and just type in the fifth estate, it, there, it's not behind a paywall. CBC is like a it's a Canadian broadcasting corporation, so it's like publicly funded. So you should, I would think you should be able to at least get to it and see 